So my story tonight has nothing to do with politics. Just to, to disappoint you, it actually goes back about 30 years, and a friend in Juneau called me and said, hey, he and his wife are leaving town on an early, early morning flight the next day, and if they drove themselves to the airport, left the car there, would I come back later that day, get the car, and bring it back in? And we would do this for friends a lot in Juneau. It avoids paying for parking or paying for parking for a long trip. So I said, sure, no problem, know the car. I was working for the Associated Press at the time as a legislative reporter, so I had my suit on, timed it. There was a break in legislative hearings mid-morning, got my friend to give me a ride out to the airport to get the car. And Kim had said he'd leave the car either in the grocery store lot, which is on the entrance to the airport drive, or in the paid airport parking lot, one or the other. And people would use that grocery store lot a lot because it was free, as long as you didn't abuse it, didn't leave your car there all day, didn't park it overnight, it was fine. So I get a friend to give me a ride out to the airport. We turn off the drive, start heading down the road to the airport, past the grocery store, and there's the car. It's unmistakable. It is a rusty, junky, green Honda Civic <laughs> with a, a bike rack on top, and I got out of it, the, um, my friend's car, looked at it, it's, it had the um, key in the ashtray like he said it would, and the key is attached to an old fishing lure that's about the size of a book, can't miss it. It had a manual choke, it was a mess inside, this was Kim's car. Wave my friend goodbye, get in the car, it will not start. It turns over, it will not start. A little frustrated, I don't know what to do, I am not mechanically inclined, so I lift the hood because that's what guys do, right? <laughs> so I lift the hood and yeah, there's an engine in there. <laughs> Slam the hood back down, turn the key, nothing. So I don't know what else to do, but I got down on the ground. I crawl around in my suit looking underneath the car. Don't know what I'm looking for, don't know what I expect to see, but it seemed the logical thing to do. Well, I did see something when I looked underneath the car. I saw a puddle, a shimmering puddle, a puddle that smelled like gasoline. I was really proud of myself. I figured out this gas tank on this rusty car had sprung a leak, and that's why the engine won't start. So I'm feeling bad for my friend, I'm feeling bad for the gasoline on the asphalt, I'm feeling bad for the suit that's messy, I'm feeling bad I gotta get back to work. So I figure I gotta move this car out of the grocery store lot before the owner makes an issue about it. So I push the car by myself to the nearest gas station. The only saving grace was because this was a small car to begin with and it was full of rust, it was pretty light. This car had so much rust, you could see the asphalt through the floorboard. So I push it to the gas station, tell the guy, look, just patch it enough to get 12 miles back downtown. I'll drive it to Kim's, leave it. The guy says, sure, I think I can do that later today. Call a cab, get back to work. Sort of proud of myself, I did that pretty quick. Didn't miss any important legislative hearings, which assumes there are any important legislative hearings. <laughs> 
So I call Kim, who's visiting his parents in Portland, go through the whole story, found your car, wouldn't start, leak, push it to the gas station, don't worry, I'm gonna get it fixed. And Kim doesn't believe me. He thinks this is a joke, because we do play jokes on each other. I went so far to play a joke on Kim, I pretended I was engaged to a Republican. <laughs> and that was hard, let me tell you. So I'm telling him, it's your car, and he's saying, no, it's not. I'm going through the whole thing. It's like, Kim, the ashtray, the fishing lure, the junk in the back seat. This is your car. And he says, Larry, we left our car in the airport lot, not the grocery store lot. <laughs> so now I'm thinking, he's playing a joke on me. <laughs> and when you have two stubborn men, all we do is argue. So I'm arguing with him, no, it's your car, it's that stupid pink fishing lure, it had a manual choke, come on, Kim, don't give me this. And I said, and it had the bike rack. And he stops for a minute, he says, Larry, our car doesn't have a bike rack, it has a luggage rack. And I realized I had stolen a car. <laughs> so. Actually, what I said was, I stole a friggin' car, which is not exactly what I said, hung up the phone, decided I gotta call the police. So I called the dispatch, go through the whole story, the car, the, the fuel. She's laughing, not very compassionate, no empathy. In between laughing, I asked her, what do I do with the damn car? She said, well, we have no reports of a stolen car. Push it back where you got it. So I take another cab, to the garage, pay him 20 bucks just for looking at it, push the damn car back to the lot, easy to find where it was because the puddle of gasoline is still there, walk to the airport, find the car in the airport lot where the bozo had left it, go to leave the airport lot, of course I get to the ticket window and I have no cash because I paid for two cabs and I paid to have the car fixed, walk to the bank, get some cash, come back, get the car out of the lot, drive, park it, go back to work, call Kim, and they're still laughing. I can hear his whole family laughing on the phone. It wasn't a good day, aside from the legislature. So the lesson I learned that day is anyone who has a rusted old car and leaves it out in the open with the key in the dash is hoping someone will steal it. <laughs> and I was almost that person. Thank you.